Hey everybody, this is Bernie and this is another episode of Bernie Talks and today we're going to go over the myth that is the competitiveness of the Premier League. So they try to sell us on this thing of how it is still the most competitive league in the world, uh, how any team can beat any of the big teams at any given day. And I would say at one point that was true. In up until maybe, say, six, seven years ago, the smaller teams would go at the bigger teams and always want to try to beat them. They'd go and do whatever they could to make them uncomfortable, try to go at them, and you'd see these big shock results, uh, you know. But now, to see something like that is mind-blowing. But what they try to do is they try to sell you on, the, on it that any team can beat any team at any point of, their, of the season. What it is really now is these smaller teams seem to be calculating from the very beginning on how many points they need to stay in the league and what games they got to play. So in reality, they're, say, the top four teams. They pretty much write those, te- write those games off. So right there you have two, four, six, eight games right there. Just throw them out the window. They look at maybe six or seven teams that they think they're going to be around them. That's the teams they got to beat. And that's the only games they really have to win and stay in the league. And you can see it by now as the teams that are looking to get relegated and the teams that are surviving, the points are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. You know, they used to say you needed about 30 to 40 points to stay in the league. But now, 30-something points, you're in the top 10. So where is the change? The change came from now. The money is so ridiculous now in the league that all they're looking at right now is staying there. So if they get hammered by Manchester City twice, Liverpool twice, Chelsea twice, it doesn't even matter. You know, that's that's okay because they say, well, we weren't looking to win that anyway. So if you're not looking to win that, is that really even a competition? Because right there, you're already telling me that, well, we don't need this win, so we're just going to try to beat the teams around us, we'll survive, and we'll stay in the league. So how is that the most competitive league in the world? You tell me. It isn't. But the Premier League and all their people around them have such a great sales pitch that people believe it, and they're trying to sell it to everybody. And if you hear something enough times, you're going to believe it. So right now, you have everybody running around, oh, England, most competitive, most competitive. You have teams in the bottom of the, of the league. They haven't, won, they haven't won a game in, since September. It's now February. And they're not anywhere near relegation. They're like, oh, they're doing great. Oh, look at, look at the way they play, the way they play. Yeah, okay, everybody's telling me how great Leeds are playing. Right now, Leeds, anytime they play United, who are struggling, by the way, are getting hammered 5-1, 4-2, 6-1. But they're somehow telling me that they're playing amazing. I don't know what I'm seeing, but, what I, but I'm not seeing what they're telling me. What I'm seeing is a team that has no idea what they're doing, and they're getting hammered, but they're telling me that they're very competitive. Then you look at a team like um, Norwich or a team like Burnley. They, they just go into games, and they say, well, if we'll win, we'll win. If we won't, we won't against City. What, what is that? That's not competitive. That's, that's borderline, you know, not even showing up. So with that being said, 
I, I think that what they're trying to tell us is not what we're seeing. Then you, got, then you have the other point of it, that these players and the managers are way too chummy with the bigger teams. Te- guys like Bop, Guardiola, they want you to try to be friendly with them because at that point they already have you beat. What they don't want is guys coming in there like a bull and causing mayhem and causing havoc that they can, so those guys can't control the narrative. When they can't control the narrative, then you've done something right. The problem is players are hugging each other in the tunnel. Managers are hugging each other in the, uh, before the game. Managers are talking and hugging each other during the game. Managers are hugging and talking to each other after the game. The players are hugging each other after the game. The players are shaking hands after the game. The players are, are switching jersey after the game. If, uh, now, if you told me you were playing against Zidane and you wanted his jersey, that's one thing. But if you're playing some team with guys who everybody claims they're great, but they're basically just another player and you're trying to get their jersey, that team's beat you already. So there's no, there's no competition amongst those teams because all they want to do is be friends with one another. And once you try to be just friends with one another, then there's, the competition is over because they have you beat. So you should go in there and try to make their lives as uncomfortable as possible, and then you will have a competition, which leads me to the next point. They don't want to play a way that'll make them uncomfortable. If you have a big, gigantic center forward, get that ball into him. It may not be pretty. It may not be the cool hipster way to play, but it's going to make a team that doesn't like to play that way really uncomfortable. And when you make a team very uncomfortable, they get out of the zone of what they want to do, and then they start making mistakes. But when you play just like they do, then you have no way of stopping their play. You just keep going along. You win the ball. You try to play it. You lose it. They come attack. They score. You win the ball. You lose it. You t- they take the ball, and they score. That's all there is to it. Make it uncomfortable. If it has to do with balls getting whipped into the box – Albeit, if it takes the ball just getting hit into the center forward with a precise way of doing it, not just whacking balls all over the place, but to directly get it into the center forward and, and then get right on top of that center back, that's what you got to do. But right now, they're all trying to play, play out of the back. But these guys don't have the skill level to play that way. So they need to play in a way that, they don't, that the other team doesn't like. So with that kind of thing, they need to be able to make it uncomfortable. And then the other fact. So they have these comp competitions. They have the FA Cup, the uh, League Cup, Carabao Cup. And these smaller teams who, you know, they don't have a chance of winning the league. But, you know, to make something exciting for the fans, you'd think that they'd go into these competitions and try to go and win them. Because you know the other teams, like, yes, they have a huge squad, but they're going to be more looking at Champions League, uh, the Premier League, and not take, like, say, the Carabao Cup as serious. But what do the uh, other teams do? Uh, They put out weakened teams because what are they doing? They're calculating, okay, we don't need really a cup run because we want to make sure we stay in the league. Because why? Because that's where the money's at. But however, why can't you do both? Both. All these teams 
have enough players where you can be able to play in all these competitions. I hear all these guys in the media saying, oh, they play so many more games. They First of all, there's less league games. There's less league games than there used to be, but yet they play more games. Explain to me that. Cup competitions are spread out all over the place. The Champions League, you don't have to play every week as that you used to. Now you're playing one week, the other team plays another week. So this, this myth of too many games is nonsense. So instead of going into an FA Cup game with your full squad, going to try to win, get to the final, get your fans excited, you get knocked out by God knows who, and then you're like, ah, oh, well, that wasn't our focus. So what's your focus? Just to kind of play some games, maybe win some games, maybe lose some games, finish in mid-table, and wow, exciting. No, that's the nonsense that you're seeing right now. However, what these, play, what these uh, commentators, league, clubs managers, players, they're all trying to tell you how competitive it is, how much they want to play, but yet they go into a league, a league cup game with youth team players because they play too many games, but yet then when you see them in the league, they're resting some of their star players because they say they play too many games. Now, if somebody stopped for just one second and thought about that, they'd go, this is complete crazy nonsense. They're talking gibberish. But instead, everybody's like, yes, I agree, I agree. Yeah, they play too many games. Yeah, they need a break. They do this too much. They do that too much. All oh, the athletes are this, the athletes are that. Yet they're always injured. They're always getting breaks. They play too many games. But yet when they don't play too many games, they say they got to get back to game fitness. It's just a huge, I almost want to say Ponzi scheme. It's like they're talking one way, doing something else. So... But that's, that's my two cents on that. I don't know what you guys think, but I think right now there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of um, myths, stories, nonsense. What else, what else uh, can we say about it? But going around trying to sell uh, all of us on something that we're not really seeing, but they believe it, that we are seeing it. So take it as you will. Now, Let's move on to the Manchester United game because everybody knows I am a huge United fan and I just want to jump right into it. I have no idea what is going on with this team. How do you not score a goal against one of the worst teams in the league? Now, I know I just went on a huge discussion on <laughs> the smaller teams not competing against uh, the bigger teams. Well... I don't know if it's a case of that all these other teams see blood in the water and see how weak United is and they want to make a name for themselves, or United is just rudderless. Because right now, nothing is going right. You're, you're the, one of the greatest goal scorers in the, in the world, Ronaldo, he can't hit anything. Uh, the, the, the midfield, Pogba... Bruno, they can't get anything done. It's just crazy. And, and there's just no connection. There's no fluidity. I, the manager is saying things that you're like, okay, I'm not seeing that, but all right. And then the obvious thing is saying, oh, we got to be more clinical. Yeah, no kidding. However, Watford is terrible. Yet we still see United going in there dominating at times, can't get a goal. They cannot finish off teams, which is mind-boggling because of the goal scorer that they have right on top, Ronaldo, 
and then you have Bruno, you have Pogba. Sancho wasn't playing, but like uh, I, I can't, I can't for the life of me figure out what's going on. And then they leave these teams in the games, and they get more and more confident. And then before you know it, it's one nothing uh, the other team. However, I'm glad that that didn't happen this week, but it might as well have because zero zero right now is not helping United's cause out at all for the top four. But the one thing I will say, it just goes to show you how horrendous this league is when a team like United who are struggling are still in the top four and teams who are claimed to be amazing in Arsenal, West Ham, uh, Spurs, Wolves, they're all behind them. Now, I understand they have games in hand, but United can't seem to get them get out of their own way and these teams can't take advantage of it. Now, what does everybody think the issue is uh, with United right now? To me, there's a ton of issues, starting from the back going forward. Uh, you basically have a few players that are definitely should be there, and then the rest are uh, not playing up to their level. Where, where and why this is happening is anybody's guess. But I think a couple of players that you definitely have to look at, I think, that would be great additions for, a t for their team next year would be right in the midfield, I've always liked this player. I think he'd be great with United would be a Jude Bellingham. I think he would be exactly what they're looking for, that midfielder that could link up with the forwards. He'd be great, and you'd have that like nice core of guys there. You'd have a Bellingham, you have a Sancho, you have a Bruno. Um, and he, would be, he seems like he's just lighting it up right now, and he'd be perfect. I know they tried to get him a, uh, a while ago, and he ended up going to Dortmund, but I think uh, this summer he'd be a guy that I'd focus on and on get out however you can. Um, then in the defense, I, I, I think this is kind of an sort of crazy uh, pick because um, I don't know what everybody thinks of him, but I think you need a bully type of defender in that in that defense right now and I think a guy like Rudiger who is a free agent coming this summer would be perfect he's that type of guy he just doesn't seem to take any nonsense from anybody and you sort of need that because you had that with uh Varane and Ramos at Madrid you had I mean Ramos was a great player but he was that bully and and Varane was more of the like kind of smooth guy behind the scenes and I think a combination like that would suit United perfectly because they do not have any bully right now. Like over the years, they always had bullies, whether it was Stam, whether it was Keane, whether it was uh, even going way back, Robson. Like, you know, you always had that guy who would take charge and be like the nasty guy that needed to get something done. You know, I think that would be perfect. And then on top, you definitely need another big-time center forward. I thought that with Ronaldo there, you'd have the Cavani-Ronaldo combination. You'd have those two one-two guys. But it seems like Cavani has just disappeared. I don't know whether he's uh, upset because he got the number taken. He's upset because Ronaldo showed up. I don't know what it is, but he I don't even know the last time he played, to be honest with you. So I think a big-time center forward, whether that is like a short-term who is a bit older now in Kane or maybe, a you know, obviously a Holland or somebody I'm not even thinking of right now, but you need 
that type of center forward, so you have that one-two combination up top with the two of them, I think that would be ideal. If you can get those three guys with the Bruno, with the Ronaldo, with the Sancho, uh, Varane, you know, De Gea, that, that core, you, you'll, you'll start to do all right. But right now, it just seems like there's just a mix mash of stuff going on. Nobody's on the same page. Uh, you know, they're not really like communicating with one another. So there's definitely something wrong when a guy like Ronaldo who scores in his sleep is missing chances, then you know there's an issue. So what it is, I don't know, but I think you need to kind of uh, really overhaul and uh, make it fresh again. And then now going to the manager. There's a lot of guys that are talked about as the manager. This guy, that guy, the other guy. You know, I know a lot of the time, a lot of people are talking about Pochettino. He's the guy that should be the manager. He's the guy that should be the manager. Well, if you look at it, though, what has he really done that's going to be any different than the managers they've brought in? Because the other managers, they have won a lot of things and couldn't succeed at United. Now... Pochettino coming in hasn't really won anything, and right now he's not doing a really, really good job with a team like uh, they have at PSG. So would he be a good fit? I know he's young. I know maybe he's like a little fresh to, you know, the um, the United ideas because like the other guys that I brought in are like veteran guys, Mourinho, Van Hall. They might have been like you know on the other side of their creativeness. Moy's terrible fit. Uh, you know, uh, Solskjaer at the time, beginning it was great, but then it just went downhill because he had no experience. Um, I mean, I don't know. Would Pochettino be a good idea? Mm, possibly, but I'm not 100% sure. Then they also talk about Conte. Conte, would he be a good fit? I know he's at Spurs right now, but he just seems like he's trying to do anything to get out of there. Would Conte be good? He seems like a guy, if you're looking for long term, he's not the guy. He looks like a guy who will be at your place for two, three years. He'll come in, do amazing, and then it'll just go haywire at the end. Just look at how quickly it turned at Spurs. And I understand Spurs and United are two totally different things because... Spurs don't really spend, and Conte needs to spend in order to do what he needs to do. I know United will, but will you have another issue in a different way like you had with Mourinho where it just went like chaos at the end? I don't know if you want that because that's basically the problem you're in right now. You're in chaos because there's always like different managers, different things, and it's not like a, a same type of manager. They're so different ideas. So, like, if he came in, he'd have to rehaul the whole thing again, and now you're starting from scratch once again, and is he going to be around there long enough? I don't really know. I don't know if Conte would be the right fit. Then I know uh, Ragnick, he wants the job. I know he does, but I just don't see that happening. I, I, don't, I don't see what he's brought to the team that is any different than, what, what, than what's been going on. They're, they're erratic. There's no real uh, you know, rhythm to it. They win some. They tie some. And I understand he hasn't really lost, but the wins aren't going enough. You're getting a lot of ties and just like a lot of weird results, like 0-0 just against Watford. So 
Ragnick, I don't see. Now, is there somebody else out there that, you know, nobody's thinking about? I know one guy that a couple people have said, and I think it might be a good idea, and this goes back to what I was talking about with uh, Rudiger with that bully. What about a guy like Simeone? Simeone is a guy who would be there, and he'd be the bull in the china shop. He'd be the guy that would cause mayhem. He'd be the guy that would make Klopp, and Guardiola not like it. When they start trying to influence and bully a sideline, Simeone would be there to push back. And he might be the guy with the attitude that would take these guys that, are be, that have been coddled for the last few years, either they'd step up and show, okay, maybe I got to stop being the way I am, or you get rid of them. You know, some of these younger guys who think that, like, oh, I'm the best, I do, don't have to do anything, he might be the perfect solution because if you look, his teams play just like he is with his attitude. I've never seen a team take on a manager's personality the way teams do with Simeone. His teams really take on his personality. And it's amazing to see. I've never seen anything like that before. They fight. They try to win everything. They battle. They don't give up. But saying that, you know, it's not not just all about that. He also has those skilled guys. Like, you know, he'll play and let the guys who are skilled do their job and then let the other guys do, do their job. And I know people will say, well, he has those guys coming back all the time and doing this. However, when you get guys like United have, who are some good players, Sancho's, Ronaldo's, Bruno's, they'd still do the work, you know, so there, there's this myth that they won't come back and they do this, they will, but I think with Simeone, he'll get the defenders to defend. He's not going to get defenders thinking that they're midfielders. He's going to get defenders who will fight, win the ball, and get it to the skilled guys. So, you know, you look at the guys that he has, uh, Felix, Griezmann, uh, you know, guys like that. He has those skilled guys and the workers. And then with the other part, though, is Simeone won't back down from these guys. It seems as like the uh, guys, the guys Klopp and uh, Guardiola, they are making the narrative. They are controlling what is going on and how things are being said. And there is no pushback. You know, I'd love for a, a Ragnick to come out and, uh, you know, call out a Klopp for, uh, before when he said that United get too many penalties and now all of a sudden it seems like they, they don't get any. So why is that not, why is that, why is he not coming out and saying something like that? Why is he not coming out and saying something like, you know, we're the only team that has gotten punished for uh, you know, questioning the referee on the on the on the uh, on the field, they're going at the referee. Klopp is basically manhandling uh, fourth officials, and uh, his teams are grabbing the referees along with City. But United go a little bit crazy, and they're getting punished. But the reason that's happening is nobody's questioning it. And I think a guy like Simeone would come in and question that and make it. A different narrative. He's not going to allow the the narrative to be controlled by one or two guys. He's going to go in there and get United back into that. I want to say 
you know, bullyish kind of deal. Like where they're they're not going to be bullied and pushed around. They are going to be doing the pushing because right now, Solskjaer didn't do it. Ragnick didn't do it. Mourinho was just like going crazy. He 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 wasn't doing what he should have been doing. Were you expecting him to do it? I think Simeone would be a good fit now. I haven't always been the biggest fan of Simeone's as a player, uh, you know, what he did and how he was, but um, I can't argue with the way he manages, and he is full-on trying to win. He's got that old-school feel to it, but, he can't, but, he, but he's not stuck in just doing things a certain way. He'll, he'll bring the modern style to it, but he has that old-school mentality where it's not all about playing it, you know, out of the back, playing it super nice, everybody's friendly, let's hug after the game, you know, uh, he's, not, he's not afraid to get thrown out of a game if he feels like something's not going his way, he'll voice it and his players will take that upon themselves and voice it as well. So with that, out of those managers I mentioned, I honestly think that Simeone, even though, you know, people will argue that he won't, isn't I think he will be a great fit now will United go after a guy like that I highly doubt it I don't think that's that's the guy that would uh fit the image don't get me started with the uh with the owners but I don't think that's the guy that they would go after I'm afraid that they probably try to go after a, a Pochettino but I think and you could see the longevity 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 he's had at uh, Atletico, that he would be around for a while if he could build the way he wants to. And I think the nucleus is good and add a few guys. I think he'd be a perfect fit for the guys or for that team. So um, what do you guys think? Um, you know, we're going to be going over a lot more things like that because I can I definitely think there's going to be a lot more ups and downs for United this season. We'll have some other topics that we're going to go over. So hope you guys enjoyed our second episode. And look forward to hearing um, what you guys think of the next few episodes coming up. All right, everybody. This was Bernie and Bernie Talk.